Northwestern Medicine, relentless in their pursuit of better health care. Learn more at nm.org slash better. Most dedicated Swifties, I would imagine. Uh, Dr. Kevin Most. Good morning, Dr. Most. You're a Swifty, a Swifty aren't you? Jim, I, I just love your new tagline. Listen anyway. Listen anyway. That's that's what that's what you know. Several years ago, someone said that you know Dean's not here, but I'll listen anyway. And I was like, oh my gosh, do I love that? So that's my tagline, um, and uh, and I do. I, I mean, look, I know Dean has a fiercely loyal following and listenership, and uh, I am grateful that he entrusts me with this uh, these sacred four hours when he's gone. Uh, so I never take that for granted. But uh, at the same time, I'm sure that when people turned on their radio and they expected to hear Dean, there was a little disappointment. So my view is, listen anyway. Well, you know what? He is a hardworking individual. He deserves a break. So I'm glad he's getting a little downtime. Yeah, well, hopefully. I, I think he, I thought uh, that Schwani was camped out. But I think Dean for sure is is camped out somewhere near Soldier Field. I'm sure he's been at all too. Uh, the oh, first yeah. two yeah. Taylor Swift shows, and he'll be there <laughs> in line uh, early today to get some merch. So I'm sure that uh, tomorrow on the uh, the uh, WGN uh, Morning TV News, he will certainly have uh, some kind of a Taylor Swift T-shirt on. No question about that. Maybe a hoodie. Well, hopefully, I, I see he, he gets he buys us all eighty five dollars sweatshirts. Yeah, I, yeah. I see. I see Dean with a nice uh, Taylor Swift hoodie. I, I, I can I can see that. <laughs> anyway, thank you for taking time out on your Sunday to join me. Anyway, <laughs> even though Dean's not here, um, and what I wanted to talk about uh, today, I know, you know we're 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 right in the the couple first days here of uh, of June, and uh, for many people they might not be aware of this, but June is Alzheimer's and Brain Awareness Month, and so I thought we uh, we could talk to you, Doctor Kevin Mose, who's the chief medical officer at the Northwestern Central DuPage Hospital, um, where we are on this uh, very still, mysterious and sadly horrific disease that uh, that is affecting so many people. Uh, I myself have personal uh, experience with it. Both my parents uh, had dementia and Alzheimer's before they passed away. Uh, I certainly know how difficult it is to deal with that on emotional level, on financial levels, um, uh, the, the, the toll it takes on you, uh, uh, being a caregiver or, or just being uh, a, uh, you know, a loved one, to see these people with vibrant uh, and, uh, and, and just exciting personalities um, suddenly drift away. And so I just thought that uh, we should be talking a little bit about this since it is uh, Alzheimer's awareness. So, Doctor, where are we right now in terms of treatments and possible long-term hopeful cures? Yeah, Jim, and I'm glad you're bringing it up. The aware- to open up the awareness on this illness uh, does a couple things. One, it makes you think a little bit more about it. And two, it just shows the importance of research and what's going on. You know, this is a disease that we've known about for, what, 117 years. And I think probably the most exciting thing is what's happened, I'll say, in the last three to five years. So you think about that, 117 years, but now we're on this accelerated path for not only potentially diagnosing it early, but also for treatments that it's going to slow the progression. Because like you said, this is taking those final years of a very special person in your life and taking those final years away from them. So 
really important that we understand, hey, we are making improvements and we're really making some accelerated improvements recently. That's probably the most exciting thing to say, hey, to people, you know, if you can go for the Alzheimer's walk and, and, and um, you know, raise some money, it's great. That money is not being wasted. And the things that have been happening here just in the past, you know, a couple of weeks is actually fascinating. Well, uh, well, what, what are some, I know that uh, when my parents uh, were diagnosed uh, now 20 years ago, I can't believe it's been that long, um, and they wound up uh, passing away within a couple, uh, maybe a year and a half, my, uh, but maybe three years later, they both passed away within that time. Um, at that time, the big drug was Aricept. Remember Aricept? And there was, you know, everybody was debating how effective it was or not. I don't even hear that name anymore. So it sounds like we certainly have progressed uh, past that. Um, But um, where are we in terms? I guess, and and I actually worked for the Alzheimer's Association uh, for a while in their public relations department um, back in the early 2000s. Why is this disease so difficult? To diagnose, is it still true that we really do not know if someone really had Alzheimer's until they pass away and an autopsy is done on their brain? Well, no, we, we have a much better idea now, just with some of the scans we can do and some of the actually just some of the, the um, testing that we can do, we can really get a diagnosis earlier. But the thing is that by the time patients have symptoms, the disease has already done a lot of damage in the brain. So the key is to find it earlier. And then also, we're still not even sure of what it is, right? We know that these amyloid plaques build up and it kills cancer cells. We're still trying to figure that portion of it out. But I think what's fascinating right now, you know, you can't turn on the TV right now without hearing about AI, right? AI for everything and how are we going to control AI? Right. Well, I can tell you there's a lot of AI studies going on right now. They're showing that they should be able to identify somebody ten, five to ten years prior to the first symptoms of Alzheimer's. Now, wow. that may not seem too fascinating to people, but the unbelievably fascinating thing is couple that with the medications that we have now that are still in clinical trials, but how promising they are showing when we find individuals early in their disease. So when you couple the opportunity to identify the disease earlier, along with medications that can slow the progression and hopefully stop the progression at some time, boy, 117 years, look what we've done just here recently. And you know, I, I, I always like to look at the positives of things. This next generation, we are going to see Alzheimer's to a point where we're going to be able to identify it, control it, and these people are going to get back those final years of their lives to enjoy their grandchildren and great-grandchildren. Now, and, then, and part of to what you're saying then is really what needs to be done in terms of this idea of awareness is to, re- to remove the mystery and to remove then the stigma of this. Because think about that in real terms. That sounds like an amazing advance that to be able to... Uh, to diagnose this, say, 10 years in advance, that then you will be able to begin to treat it so you can begin to head it off at the pass, perhaps. But at the same time, in reality, would you say that, let's just, just talk about human nature, Would some people may be resistant to want to know that they're going to get it because of the fear 
and the unknown. And so we almost need to do, from it sounds like, some kind of an educational program so that people will take this test that you're saying may be available and they will be able to handle the fact that they may be susceptible to or may be on the road to getting it, but at the same time be calmed and relieved that there's a treatment for it. Exactly. You put the two links together and you did it quite well. If all we had was a test or all we had was AI that said, boy, you have a high chance of getting Alzheimer's. Many people would say, I don't want the test. I don't want to know. I'm going to go and live my life. There's nothing I can do about it. But now what if I said to you, hey, we have a good test or we're going to put all your data in and we know when we pool this much data, we can predict who has a higher chance of Alzheimer's. But now we know that we have a medication that's going to slow that progression. You will see people get in line to have that AI algorithm run on their health information. Now, when you look at some of these medications, you know, there's three or four of them out right now. The Denemimab, which is the one that just came out from Lilly, has fascinating results that, you know, it slows the progression of disease by 35%, improves your daily functions, and slows the cognitive decline. Got to remember, everybody, this is the first line of these drugs. As we progress, scientists and researchers are going to make even better drugs. They're going to have better responses to this. So individuals right now saying, I don't want to know, boy, we're right on the cusp of I do want to know, and I want to know how I can get on a medication or get on a trial to, sh- to slow the illness. Wow. Well, that is very that is exciting news. I, I had no uh, idea that we were so far along there. All, all you hear about a lot of times are these uh, these new drugs, as you're saying, that uh, that are being developed. And but you're always hearing it's uh, they're always kind of tempered with. However, however, however. But it really sounds like uh, you're removing that, however, and really providing yeah. a lot of hope. And that's really exciting. Absolutely. And probably the other thing that was Probably a bit, well, I don't want to say the biggest news. I think the science is the biggest news, but large news that came out on Thursday, because everyone's looking at these drugs and saying, well, how much are they going to cost? Well, <clears throat> it's $26,000, $30,000 a year. We said, wait a second, these people, many of them are living on a fixed income, whether it's Social Security and a small pension. They, they can't afford that. But for Medicare that just came out on Thursday and said, any drug for Alzheimer's that is fully approved will be covered. Oh, nice. Now, that to me is just unbelievable, and it's just mind-blowing. Now, the drugs that are on right now are on an accelerated path to get approved, so they're not approved yet. We still need some clinical trials. But for for Medicare to come out and say, hey, everybody, you know what? We are going to cover these drugs. We know the impact of this. And Medicare has done the math. You know, they're ones that say, wait a second, if we can slow this progression of this illness, we will actually make money. Although we're paying for this drug, We're not paying for long-term care. We're not paying for other uh, complications from this in the hospital. They have actuaries that have probably done it to say, although it's $26,000 a year, we are going to save X number, and that's why they go ahead and move it for not only doing the right thing to protect the minds of these individuals as they age and get this disease, but also for the financial stability of Medicare. Nice. Well, I'll tell you, I am very excited and and very hopeful. I did not know on the Alzheimer's front that there was so much hopeful progress and hopeful news in the short term and the long term. So, wow, I really appreciate you uh, doing your homework here and passing that along to you. We're talking to uh, to us to uh, we're talking to Dr. Kevin Most, who is the chief medical officer at Northwestern Central DuPage Hospital. 
Uh, we will be back with him with some more talk about medicine. And I'm going to say how I once again thank you because uh, your advice led me to do something that I may not have done. So I want to give you a little kudos, but that'll be after this break. Jim Toronto filling in for Dean Richards this morning. But listen anyway, no switching. Jim Toronto filling in for Dean Richards here, WGN Radio, 720 AM. On the line, my guest this morning is Dr. Kevin Most, the Chief Medical Officer at Northwestern Central DuPage Hospital. Uh, Dr. Most, um, I did want to just say one thing, too. Um, Do you think, uh, you know, we've seen a lot of high-profile people, uh, Bruce Willis uh, at a a young age, oh my gosh, in in his mid to late 60s, uh, and at the same time, someone like Tony Bennett, who was diagnosed uh, in his late 80s and 90s, um, is, is it still in terms of talking about Alzheimer's disease? We're talking about that because June is Alzheimer's and Brain Awareness Month. Um, does it help when a high-profile person, unfortunately, comes down with, with this disease? Uh, does it help in, in drawing the awareness and taking some of the stigma and taking some of the fear and taking some of the mystery away from it? I think it helps. I think it helps in two ways. One, it kind of gets it uh, personalized, right? So, boy, if they can get it, anybody can get it. They're not protected from this illness, so certainly that happens. And I think, like, well, like you just said, I mean, Rosalind Carter this week is just right. that she's suffering from dementia. Yeah. It just, again, it raises that awareness. And I think, you know, as a celebrity, two things can happen. One is just a general awareness by coming out and saying, hey, I'm suffering from this. You know, uh, think about it. You know, look for these signs and symptoms. But probably the other thing that's huge is if you take somebody like Michael J. Fox, who has just taken Parkinson's and raised, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars towards this. So being a celebrity and having an illness, the way the celebrity handles it, whether they come out publicly and share it and look for support and and encourage others to do it, or the Michael J. Fox Foundation, you know, encouraging people to say, hey, this is a terrible illness, help us raise money to make sure that we can get rid of this illness and find out more about it. So, you know, I think it's always good that we have celebrities that share with us what's going on with their lives it just raises awareness for each of those illnesses yeah it's such a it, it is such a uh, uh the horrific really is the only word i can think about it uh from personal experience i have to tell you um when someone who is so important to you and someone that you love um with all your heart looks at you in the eye and says are you my son wow uh it, yeah. it takes a while to digest that and to to come back from that and um and that's the realities of this and so hopefully as i said as time goes on we will take tests we will try to be more preventive some of this mystery will go away because believe me you don't want to hear those that question uh, given to you and if you know a loved one um who will be older and, and and you know may possibly uh be coming down with this, you will want them to take those preventive measures that Dr. Most was talking about before. Hopefully that there will be some tests that give people some insight that they may be coming down with this in 10 years and take that fear factor away and take that mystery away so that we can head this off at the pass before the horrific um, results of what this disease can do can affect your loved one and you because uh, like I said, that's that still stays a memory when my mom looked at me in the eye and said are you my son wow jim you you raise a really good point that people uh, need to understand too is that there's two victims here there's not only the patient who's obviously the, the most important victim 
But like you just said, how that impacted you and how that made you feel. And people have to understand that that's, they have to get to that point. And you do, you feel bad, you feel sorrowful, but you also want to make sure that the, the quality of life as well as the quantity of life for these individuals is as positive as possible with the uh, illness that they have. And I have to thank you um, because a few weeks ago I was uh, on here with Dean and we were talking about COVID. It's still around. It's still not gone. It may never be gone, as you have said. We're still going to be dealing with it on some basis. We may be getting uh, annual shots and things like that. And ironically, um, right after you talked about that, later in that week, I learned that I was exposed to several people that came down with COVID. And because you had suggested that if you were over a certain age and maybe you had some um, some other kind of uh, uh, you know issues that you should get that fourth booster, I went and got my booster. So I am reboosted. I am reboosted. I am. I am saying, get out of here, COVID. Not today. <laughs> so thank you. So listen, listen anyway. It fits in. So listen anyway, and get a shot anyway, right? <laughs> Well, Dr. Kevin Most, uh, the Chief Medical Officer at Northwestern Central DuPage Hospital, thank you so much for taking time away from not only your golf game, but I'm sure you'll be heading off to Soldier Field because I know you're a Swifty, and you will be seeing the final Taylor Swift show. So if you are if you are going there, please get me a hoodie, and uh, I'll pay you back. You got it, Jim. Take care. Always fun talking to you. Okay, take care. Have a good Sunday. Dr. Kevin Most, the Chief Medical mm-hmm. Officer at Northwestern Central DuPage Hospital.